Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study Podcast. We're glad you could join us and be a part of our family. Before we get into the Word, Charles, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just invite your Holy Spirit into our midst, Lord. I just thank you for what you do in nature and what you do around us, Lord, and that you teach us how to emulate you. Lord, and how to go about your will, Lord, so that way we can accomplish everything that you have for us in this earth, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for being beside us and helping us to reach the goal and the destination, Lord, and making it where we can overcome every trial that that is before us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, welcome, everybody. We are continuing our study with Daniel chapter 6. And uh, Dean, welcome, brother. For those that are listening, Dean's been with us this week, and uh, we are honored to have you with us, and and blessed to, to hear and have you share the insight and what the Holy Spirit's given you uh, during this week. Well, thanks for having me, and I'm always blessed to be around you. <laughs> well, amen. All, All right. of you. <laughs> well, thank you, brother. Yeah. All right, so Daniel chapter 6, can I get a volunteer to read from verse 18 through the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, promise. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no magicians were brought before him. Musicians. 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 Yes, there you go. Were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. Then the king arose early in the morning, very early in the morning, and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a limiting voice, to Daniel, the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouth, mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den, and no injury, whatever, was found on him, because he believed in his God. We're going to. Sorry. And the king gave the command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel. And they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they even ever got to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples and nations, all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell on all earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that every dominion in my kingdom, man must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and steadfast forever. His kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. 
who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, Cyrus the Persian. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I'll open the floor to you guys to share what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you, instructing you, and, of course, to ask any questions that you may have. So, who wants to go first? I will. Well, all right, promise. <laughs> I go. found it interesting that as soon as Darius had, King Darius had found that Daniel was still alive, he didn't spend time thinking, or should I throw these wise men inside of the lion's den? Wait, no, sorry, not the wise men. The go, the people who accused Daniel into the lion's den, or should I, lion's den, or should I keep them alive? Mm. Instead, it was almost instantly, without a drop of a tear, he threw a whole bunch of people. Family. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I'm not sure if it was all of them, but if it was all of them, that's a whole 122 over 122 people were thrown to the lion's den. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. we don't know the number, but it's significant because it's not just the satraps, right? Or however, There's whatever the group, right? The yeah, whole family, everything. That was, there must have been a lot of lions in there. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> and they got them all before they fell to the bottom of the pit. So How do you uh, jump that high? That's significant. Wow. Like when you look at just the sheer magnitude and well, the amount of people is not known, but it's not just the people that were responsible. And um, it's said in chapter 6, verse 11, right? All the men assembled and found Daniel praying, right? So not just those people, but the entirety of their families mm-hmm. being consumed in this or swept up in, I'll say, the consequence of sin. That's that's significant. Just some irony there. That's kind of fun. The um, the word for accused um, there is a call, um, and the definition is to eat or devour. Oh wow! Its usage is accused, devour, eat, but the definition is to eat or devour. I just thought mm-hmm. it was ironic that because mm-hmm. they had falsely accused. I wanted to see exactly how what that looked like in the original text. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just happened to see it and. Just thought that was rather ironic that they Amen. were devoured. Amen. And you know, the own accusations. And then, of course, you think of mm-hmm. Proverbs, right? He rolls a stone will roll back upon him. Who 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 digs a pit will fall into it himself. He who sets uh-huh. a trap will be ensnared uh-huh. himself. Mm-hmm. And here they sought to trap Daniel, and their own trap that they laid for him was the one that they were devoured by. Absolutely. 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 You know, the, the New Testament tells us not to bite and devour one another. At least mm-hmm. you be bitten and devoured yourself. Mm-hmm. But also you see the same concept that you see in Esther, the, the trap that was... Haman. Haman, that's yeah. right. That's right. He built this elaborate... Gallows? Right? Gallows, huge. Gallows. And he was like, I'm going to make it even bigger. And Than all the rest of them. Right? It's this elaborate thing, and it's sat up there as a showpiece because you don't build something like that and nobody sees it. Right? Yeah. But he ended up, not just him... His entire family. Ended up... Suffering the consequences, 
Well, his wife did advise on that, as a matter of fact, as well. But um, Haman's wife, she... Just she, Proverbs 32 again. <laughs> <laughs> Thou shalt listen to thy wife. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> so funny. But... Um, it's good to have fun in the Lord. It is, absolutely. <clears throat> so that that's that's interesting there. And, you know, speaking of wives giving counsel or, or not... Do you remember in, in Job, we kind of mentioned this in the last Bible study, oh. that the only thing that they were going to be able to find when when Satan was coming to accuse Job, what oh. was it that he was looking for? He, was, he wanted to test the boundaries of Job's relationship with God. Well, if you take all this away, he'll curse you to your face. But with Daniel, it talks about the only place that they could find an accusation was concerning his God. So when... when Hard pressing and hard trying comes. What are you going to do? Are you going to turn your back on God? God, you you let me. You never, you know, start grumbling and complaining. Or are you going to press in to see and and to confess and stand on the fact that God's word is truth? So you know, Job's wife gave the recommendation: just curse God and die. Throw on the towel and be over. And he was like, woman. He, he didn't. Her. He didn't follow that Proverbs thirty two <laughs> that you speak of. <laughs> Well, that that is you know, the prequel to that is Proverbs thirty one. Now that's that right. is important. She has to be that absolutely. That's right for the annex of Proverbs thirty two to be applicable. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well stated, sir. Well stated. No, mm-hmm. I like it. But no, yes. So as you were saying, though, Job instead admonished his wife. But it's like anything, right? Whatever is spoken to us, it should minister with our spirit, right? And in order to do that, we have to bring it before the Lord and seek Him on it. Dean, you and I were just talking this week, yesterday, actually about, um, you know, and I said something effective. Hey, if I ask you something, you know, like if I feel led to, to ask you to do something, or, you know, whatever the case is, I don't expect an answer right away. You know, by all means, seek the Lord on it. And, and take the time so that you know that you've heard the Lord clearly. Because it matters. It's important. Right? And... You you have the the same thing here, um, if you will, um, as we were talking about with the wives. Like that mm-hmm. that's our role, and our each one of us has an inherent responsibility to do that for ourselves, for our own walk. Is to bring it before, bring the matter before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be able to hear Him clearly and what He's saying, speaking, ministering, and leading us to do through His Holy Spirit mm-hmm. about the situation. And, and we have to look at the consequence of not doing that. So, I mean, we all want to look at the satraps and the governors here as being the ones that sin. But the sin began with Darius, in my opinion, at the very beginning. It pleased Darius. And he did mm-hmm. not consult the Lord. And then when it, they asked him to set this decree, um, he, again, he did not consult with the Lord. So mm-hmm. he at least had um, responsibility in it. So ultimately, that sin led to the death of however many people. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know the number, but... Easily quite a few. Quite a few. At best, and could have easily been over 300. Right. Because yeah. of his failure to, to take time to mm-hmm. to move with the Lord as opposed not to. And we see that mm-hmm. with David, right? Where David, um, when he did the census, mm-hmm. it was a 70,000-something before the angel of the Lord was stayed. Approximately. Yeah. It was it was considerable. Yes. Yeah. It, it was tens of thousands, for sure. Yes. So that our, our our lack of doing that has severe consequences, not in our own lives, but in those that are around us, and especially those of us that are in positions of authority outside of our 
our fam- well, even within our families, but certainly outside of our family, we can have huge impact. That's right. You know, it's like a we and I guess in our family, in some some circles of faith, they call it opening the door to the enemy, mm-hmm. because you know you may not be going. I'm going to make this bargain with you for this exact exchange, but once you open the door to allow the enemy to have access, you don't know what he's going to do. You know, you let a squirrel run into your house, you don't know what it's going to do. It's going to, you know. Tear stuff up, run, make noise, but it may also get lost and begin to borrow or, you know, this, that, and the other. So we don't let, we don't give the opportunity to the enemy to come in because you can't set the limits like that. Our job is to keep him out because God has already said, I put this boundary here. You enforce what I've already stated and we enforce that with our confession and with the name and the authority that comes, the name of Jesus Christ and the authority that he's given to us in his name. Isn't um, it Song of Solomon's, the small foxes spoil the vine? Absolutely. And that's why you have to mend your fence? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's it's right. the small ones we have to watch out for because they they slip in easy. But they again, back to the authority, that's where we give mm-hmm. up so much territory mm-hmm. in those. Next thing we know, we've got a herd of foxes. I mean, that's if right. a rhinoceros that came charging the gate, we would know to keep him out. It's pretty <laughs> obvious, right? And we'd see him exactly. a long distance off coming, and we'd right. be loading the, <clears throat> the elephant gun or whatever we had to try to get through that armor that right. he has or but. fortify our fence mm-hmm. long in exactly. advance but if we don't tend the fence which is the maintenance component of it by mm-hmm. regularly spending time with the lord so that we can identify those small foxes in advance and keep our fence mended so the foxes never have a way in much less have to get rid of them once they do get in absolutely mm-hmm. amen amen because it could be some time before you realize what's actually happened you know when they come in a certain nibbling you might just see a piece die here and a piece die there but then eventually the whole vine is unfruitful and dead and falling and this, that, and the other. Um, you have a unique testimony that God, um, it's a message, like a lesson he kind of taught you about the small foxes, don't you? Uh, which one specifically are you talking about? Uh, the ones you had a family in your backyard, and they were so cute, and you thought they were just so nice to look at, and they would hop up and look over things and then kind of run into your yard, and you at some point we're kind of inviting to them coming because you thought they were cute. You enjoyed seeing them. But at one point God reminded you of that particular scripture. And now these foxes had a whole new meaning from your perspective. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Yeah. I just, and I did share that. And of course I didn't okay. suffer anything for that. Actually, my neighbor was having some negative consequences from it because they were burrowing in his yard. They had a den and it was causing some damage to his yard, which I was unaware of, but it was just the Lord speaking to me that I was mm-hmm. enjoying this. Mm-hmm. And he was just asking me to question myself. What are you allowing in now that you're enjoying that's contrary to what I've told you and I've given you wisdom to do something about it? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just something as simple. Um, we were joking uh, earlier about some of the pictures I have on my phone of what it's like in some people's crawl spaces. Mm-hmm. And people want to ignore it. They don't want to pay attention. They don't want to allow our company to come in and do the maintenance necessary to inspect it from time to time and we regularly find places where rats have gotten into people's crawl spaces and they set up nests and they've defecated and urinated and there's all this extraction and tens of not 20 of thousands of dollars just crazy amounts of money that ended up happening because a little bit of maintenance didn't take care of it i mean they'll shoot they'll shoot the wires set up fire hazards everything and you won't know it if you don't go looking for it and so that's 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 why that's so important to be there. And, and, and it is easy to fall in the trap that I did of, oh, that's so cute. Mm. Not really having the perspective of the Lord, but in that quiet time of the Lord, that's where he showed me, hey, Dean, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> yeah, they're cute. It's watch, watch them play in the yards nice, but what are you doing? 
I've given you wisdom otherwise about that. Mm-hmm. So what, what foxes do you have right now in your life? And so wouldn't that be fun to pose to everybody listening? What foxes do you have in your life? Ask mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. illuminate mm-hmm. and exactly. to expose those so they can be dealt with now. That's right. That's, that's the whole point and purpose of, mm-hmm. of exposing it. So mm-hmm. we can deal with it if we're willing. With God's help. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. Can't Not do on it your, on own. your own. Oh, no. Please don't do that. No, but with the Lord's help, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He wants to help clean those things up and out of your life so we can be blameless, spotless before him. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, really the thing that we see as I look at this, in verse 22 especially. Daniel's testimony, if you will, after coming out of the lion's den, or while, actually while he was still in, he was, hadn't been removed yet, was <laughs> that uh, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so they have not hurt me. Here's the key. Because I was found innocent before him, and also I have done no wrong before you. Amen. To, to the king, to King Darius. He honored the Lord, and he honored the, the person the Lord had set in authority, even though their actions and what they had decreed were not in keeping with the Lord, mm-hmm. with his ways, his character, his nature. He, Daniel, was still found blameless, mm-hmm. as, as Paul describes in Thessalonians, right? That we'd be found, spirit, our spirit, soul, and body, be found blameless, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Mm-hmm. Or Jesus made a similar statement. He said, hey, the ruler of this world's coming, but he has nothing in me. Mm-hmm. These are patterns and examples that we are to <clears throat> apply to our lives and live out. Mm-hmm. And Daniel... You know, most people look at the life of Jesus Christ and go, well, he was God. I mean, of course he was blameless, of course. But Daniel wasn't. and He was a man. He had both the spiritual testimony of his righteousness and a natural testimony mm-hmm. of his righteousness. Was it in his own accord because of his own goodness? No. God says our own, our own righteousness is as filthy rags before him. But when you seek and set yourself to live and walk in a way that honors God, God responds to that. You know, he's always faithful to do his part and, and meet those efforts um, and, and us walking righteously, doing what God asks us to do. Mm-hmm. In, regardless or in spite of the circumstances or situations going on around us, we have an obligation, a responsibility to be holy because our God is holy, mm-hmm. to be righteous blameless before him mm-hmm. you know john as you say that his response i didn't think of it till you just said it um if we go back to verse 10 it says um now when daniel learned that the decree had been published he launched a social media campaign and attacked king darius on the internet um, <laughs> no. oh, i'm sorry it doesn't say that it doesn't say that it does not <laughs> so knowing that this decree had been published that would be against him Mm-hmm. He chose to let it go where it went in that. To let the Lord have his way. Yes, which speaks, number first and foremost, to the personal, intimate relationship he had with the Lord, that he had the peace of that, that he could do that. But it also should be a challenge to all of us, especially in the cultural climate that we're in, whether it's in media or politics or entertainment or whatever is what is our response to that going to be how are we going to live our lives out because so often when we 
decide how we think we should respond, we're actually only acting more like the world and less like God's chosen children. Um, and clearly he did not. I mean, he, he was getting ready to be in charge of all of them. I mean, Absolutely. certainly the reality is, I wouldn't say certainly the reality, it would be easy to ascertain from this and what we've read just in this chapter that he could have gained audience with the king and have brought this to the king's attention and done something about it. Absolutely. He could have tried. Yeah, sure. Because everybody had the, the opportunity that. to go to the king under this decree. right? But that was, there was really no other level of structure and leadership as we've, we've been discussing. And then I also find it interesting that, right, because we talk about responsibility and obligation. And the king, right, it says, and this is earlier, not in the section we just read, but it says uh, in verse 14 that he was, you, you talked about, it started with the beginning of chapter 6. It pleased Darius. Well, now the king is displeased with himself. But then the, the second part of that is, and he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And, and then he continues, he labored until the going down to the sun to deliver him. Mm. Well, he had the power the whole time to just say the word, and that was the end of it. And instead of doing that, Right, so it's funny because, like, in my Bible talks about uh, that little part of the section, the king's efforts. Uh, and as I look at it, I don't see any effort because all he had to do was speak the word. Right, we have the centurion; just say the word only. You know, like this is all that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So, how many times have we in our own lives not spoken the word that needs to be spoken? Right, and and setting what's right. Or, or, or being justice and righteous in our actions, in our words, our deeds, right? Have them working in, in harmony and unison, not sending conflicting and contradicting messages. And then, yes, as you, you brought up with Daniel, it wasn't to, to go and accuse and call out and the king and what he was, his actions and how they weren't lining up with all the, the prior decrees to this one. He just trusted the Lord. And you see that throughout and then doesn't talk about Daniel kicking and screaming as he's getting dragged and thrown, tossed into the lion's den. It's the king who's troubled <laughs> and, and saying, and even makes the decree, uh, states, your God whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. You hear his faith coming you up. Hear, you hear, mm-hmm. like, as a result of seeing Daniel's faith in action and, and obedience to the Lord to, to be willing to go before and and stand in whatever circumstance or trial or challenge that's before him, fully trusting in the Lord, that now the king is being impacted and coming into the the realization of who God is and uh, beginning that, I'll say, it, you can see discipleship happening in this coming to that realization of, yes, who God is, but also um, an understanding of the Lord, his omnipotence, omniscience, and sovereignty. I mean, every aspect of the Lord, just how incredible and wonderful our God is and who's actually in control, regardless of what the situation or circumstance looks like. Yeah, we don't we don't know because the Word doesn't tell us, but with um, at least in regard to Darius... Um, 
it seems like this also grew him to recognize to step into his authority because, um, again, it's assumption. It seems to me like he was worried about pleasing people and not upsetting the people initially, which led to a whole lot of all this. But yet, ultimately, he took control and said, you guys are going in the den. I mean, you, you can certainly tell by his actions here. You know, initially, I mean, and he was 62 when... Was it 62? Yes. He was 62 when he became king, so I could see it being like he might have been long awaiting, you know, um, coming into or gaining power in this way and wanting not to lose it. Mm-hmm. The the whole king, oh, king, live forever, that's a mindset. You know, you want this to last as long as possible. That That's what they desire. Um, but you can also tell by his actions and then the decree that he puts out following that, the, the letter that he writes. Well, actually, it was a decree, but in writing that he makes concerning this, he has certainly taken a different stance. The first one, mm-hmm. we don't hear any acknowledgement of God when he makes the, the initial decision and he's making a decree. Now this decree is very, very potent and to the point. Make sure you understand this, this Kamisha version. <laughs> you know, this is, this is how it's going to be around here. And you see by, by evidence of my demonstration that I'm serious about this. So... Um, you know, and then Daniel continues to prosper under his reign. All of those things come together to show us in, you know, in in addition to what is plainly stated in the word of God to show us what's going on, what's happening. And we have the Holy Spirit, just like he said, you'll know them by their fruit. Absolutely. You know, I just can't help mm-hmm. but think that all the wonderful things that God is doing that we don't have a clue to understand. But in order for Darius's kingdom to be properly established, wouldn't it have been necessary to remove this evil from his kingdom to begin with? Absolutely. Exactly. So here he comes into his kingdom, and here's a tool that God, again, we're assuming. Sure. We can't say, thus says the Lord in this. But it would be easy to assume that this was a mechanism that God used to establish his kingdom firmly and remove the evil advisors that needed to go that shouldn't have been part of his kingdom that would have wreaked havoc in his kingdom all along. Always a bit of constantly and that goes a back threat. to that, you know, mm-hmm. what was me? Why is this happening to me or whatever? And it may not have anything to do with us. We're just a, we're just um, an instrument in mm-hmm. part of God's bigger plan. And that's why we have to go back to that place of praise first and foremost mm-hmm. when these things are going on with us because it's so easy to take the perspective. This is something happening to me. And God is so much bigger than just us. That's right. You know, to extol his, his character. So many more than just us. Absolutely. And, you know, we, as believers, we we are particularly fond of that scripture says all, uh, we know all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, right? Yeah, but um, we like to recite that as all things work together for God for me, for all exactly. things God's going to do for me. Right, exactly. We love that, but we, we miss the grandeur of our Lord. He understands the enemy, like, come on. He wasn't surprised by anything the enemy was concocting or doing, and we already know that he's worked the end from the beginning he's already declared it so all we have to do is hold still long enough to hear what he says and just keep ourselves in line to walk with him and we'll see the culmination of all the strands and the working parts that are going on that you couldn't possibly even hope to imagine and and likely if it was revealed to you just the thought of it would probably make you tilt you know make your make your brain go never mind i'm sorry i can't take this god that's just too much for me but in this you see god not only um kind of stirred the nest if you will to have the little bats come flying out if you will he saw what the enemy was doing was able to bring that establish one and confirm himself reveal himself to the other 
and deal with this, promote Daniel. He was able to do all of this. And then the whole kingdom has a letter that's now made available, exalting God. And, you know, I was reading this and reflecting. I was like, God, you were persistent. You've been from Nebuchadnezzar to Belshazzar. Um, does that say his name? Belshazzar? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, it's now to Darius. <laughs> you're, you're insistent on getting this kingdom, having it acknowledge you. And as he works through them, you see their hearts lining up. How, how, much, how similar is this to how God dealt with the kings in Israel? Well, let's also look at this, right? Because this is the, you can look at this, the manifold wisdom of the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Technically, you could say this is the fourth king that um, Daniel has been under. Because he was in Jehoiakim, Israel. Right? So technically this is the fourth king. But this is three kings and four, three foreign kings. Mm-hmm. Two out of those have now made decrees to that, or made decrees that all peoples, all nations, all languages will serve, tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. Mm-hmm. So, the, and, and this is why I'm talking about the manifold wisdom of the Lord. The Lord is using foreigners, Gentiles, if you will, to exhort the Lord's chosen people to return back to him, to follow him, which was the the whole reason for sending them into captivity in the first place, that they would know and understand who God is, that they their hearts would be turned back towards him and serve him fully so they can be restored back to also the land, right? Mm-hmm. First and foremost is the heavenly kingdom, heavenly community, but then also the land that the Lord promised them, that he covenanted with their their fathers, so I find that uh, just incredible. Mm-hmm. And you also see that he's no respecter of persons because exactly. this same letter is available to the Persians and the Medes and whatever other groups of people that have been conquered. All the people, all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. That, he said, all in all <laughs> in one sentence. So he meant he was mm-hmm. talking to everybody that was under him. And likewise, God was ministering to them to make himself known. And, you know, when he says that we're without excuse, when it comes in reference to knowing him and acknowledging him and honoring him as God, he means that because he loves everyone equally and he's making himself known to everybody. The other thing I noticed here that I want to bring up, unless anyone else wants to go first. Okay. So we see here again, Daniel prospers, Right. Says that Daniel was, was prospered under the reign of Darius, right? Now, you could say, well, he was just thrown in the lion's den. How's that prospering? Right? He came out of the lion's den. He came out of the lion's den, <laughs> so, exactly. Would not but does it not also fulfill show. scripture, right? What did Jesus say? Mark 10, 29 through 30. Truly I say to you, or Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for that of the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers, sisters and mothers and children and lands, persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. And you see this same principle talking 
where Jesus says, hey, you're going to suffer persecution, accusations and the like, right? And they're going to be rewarded. And you see this fulfilled here again with, in and through Daniel, but you saw it with his, his companions as well. The Lord's Lord is for the word of the Lord. Yes, the Lord's word. Yes, <laughs> let, me, let me organize myself here. The, lo- the word of the Lord is forever. Mm-hmm. It is eternal. You see this play, You see this here in Daniel, and this was however long ago. Mm-hmm. And it's for whoever will believe. Today, mm-hmm. exactly. It, mm-hmm. He remains the same. His word goes forth and accomplishes all he purposes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change. There's no deviation or shadow of turning. None. That's for any of us. So I, I find this incredible. And it's not just about prospering and, and all that, right? In order for Daniel to prosper, he had to stand, remain steadfast, faithful to the Lord. And that only happens having a, a firm foundation or being rooted and grounded in him. Mm-hmm. That deep, personal, intimate knowledge you can't have that relationship through anyone else, through a pastor, through a church building. Right? You just cannot. Mm-hmm. It has to be yours. Mm-hmm. And then when it's yours, no one can take that from you. That's right. But it has to be yours. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate pastors. We appreciate places that God gives us to um, fellowship together, but Amen. it's not a substitute. There is no, there is no replacement. There's no... Um, one or just one close to God, he is who he is. And it's important that we place our hope squarely in him and our trust squarely in him. And we understand that Jesus alone is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Exactly. Not through any other person, right? I can't have a relationship with the Lord through anyone, and you can't have one with the Lord through me. Mm-hmm. You have to have one, and is what the Lord wanted from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And even even in the wilderness, it was that each person could go to the Lord wanted a relationship with each person individually. But the people said, "No, Moses, you go instead." Mm-hmm. So from the beginning, this was how the Lord wanted the relationship with us individually, mm-hmm. independently, but then also working together as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, one of my favorites. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Mm-hmm. There was no stipulation on that of what who fits into that who. You know, it's whoever is loyal to the Lord, whoever will put themselves and in, in focus on him, whoever will do that. He's looking for you. He's looking for you to, to be your help, to be your mm-hmm. aid, to manifest himself, to show himself strong on your behalf. There's no caveat if you're in the, the house of Judah, if you belong to the tribe of Israel, if you belong, you know, the house of Israel, the tribe of Judah, if you're one of these special peoples, if your family makes mm-hmm. enough money, if they don't, if your hair is just the right color or length or you stand right, you talk professionally, it doesn't matter. God is looking for someone who who will believe in him and give him the opportunity to be God in their life. And he says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. Anyone. And in here, we see, especially from verses 25 on, mm-hmm. chapter 6, 
King Darius clearly comes into that acknowledgement and can proclaim God and who he is and his attributes, mm-hmm. his, essentially his nature, his character. He, he has come into that as a result of <laughs> observation and experiencing, just seeing the hand of the Lord move, mm-hmm. not the literal hand like um, Belshazzar saw, right? But seeing the hand, or, or as described in the scripture, the finger of God move and intervene and control situation, in this case the lion's mouths, and seeing the very distinct difference between how the Lord responded with Daniel, who clearly the the Lord's testimony was that he was innocent before him. Mm-hmm. And then the counter to that, all the people that accused Daniel and what the outcome of that was. Mm-hmm. And God will always vindicate his people, but it's not our job to go watch and sit on the hill like Jonah and, and make sure they get what's coming to them. We are supposed to bless our enemy, right? Bless and yes. do not curse. We're supposed to do good to those who don't treat us correctly. And that's between them and the Lord. Our job is to mm-hmm. love them and to love our neighbor as ourselves, and to bless God in what we're doing. In as we see exhibited in here in Daniel. Mm-hmm. Daniel doesn't accuse them back. He did, like you said, he didn't go quick kicking and screaming. Oh, it's not fair! And right. he didn't do any of that. But they're wrong, and I'm right. Exactly. So all lessons that we should apply in, to our own lives, and that first starts with a relationship with the Lord, and then trusting Him that what He says He will bring to pass. Mm-hmm. And your relationship, our relationship with the Lord, individual individually and uniquely, will not grow without our effort. They will not grow without our active participation and desire to see it grow. You have to put forth the effort. Be diligent. We do. In mm-hmm. pursuit of the Lord, of knowing him <laughs> and his ways. And you don't get to the, the lion's den kind of stability mm-hmm. and stand steadfastness. <laughs> Overnight. No, you don't. No. That, that takes time and persistence and diligence and a custom, as they say, in, of seeking God and trusting and believing in him and growing that faith and walk in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have anything they want to share or, or questions they want to ask? No. No? No. Okay. Well, let's, let's pause there, and we'll continue from this place next time. All right? You guys, I'm going to close this out in prayer, please. I will. All right, Layla. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness and for guiding us this morning in our devotional, Lord, and for just teaching us about you, Lord, and revealing yourself unto us, Lord, and just showing us what you're like and giving us that taste and then drawing us in even further, Lord, to experience your full blessing, all of your love, Lord, and your mercy and your grace, And I just thank you for that today, Lord. And I thank you always for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Thank you, Dean. It has been a a wonderful week having you here with us. We are appreciative uh, and honored that you could join us. So thank you. Thank you. All right. God bless you all. Have a great week. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.